everybody for all of the tears that have been lifted up in this house and the family here to bring the glory to God because of the prayers of the church. So I appreciate that. Definitely tell her uh, my voice is cracking up to the hills. Amen. So you're going to have to excuse me a little bit for that. I'm already halfway down, so I'm going to do my best to get through this. But this morning I would like to begin a new series entitled Bible Book. you are, no matter how much money you got or don't have, no matter how much success you see in this world or you don't see, each and every one of us, no matter how old we are when we die or how young we are, each and every one of us is going to stand before God. And the most important question is going to be, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? Not who was I to your grandmother. Not who was I to your mother or your father. Not who was I to your bishop. You could be a member of Faith Doma Fellowship and not have the right answer to this question. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. It'll be tough in here because, you know, I'm a little, little rough sometimes, glory to God. But it is possible for you to have the wrong answer because Jesus has got to be something to you. He has got to be something to you. He has got to mean something to you personally. You cannot live off of other people's faith. You cannot live off of other people's revelation. You cannot live off of what other people tell you. You have got to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. What did he say to Simon? He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood, mommy and daddy, your brothers around you, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of that day, they did not reveal this to you, but my Father 
which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. Church, we need to make sure that we have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. That Jesus means something to you aside from everybody else. Because the reality is that if Jesus doesn't mean anything to you, well, guess what? You're not going to be standing too firm when it comes to standing firm for him. When you are in the face of temptation, if Jesus don't mean much to you, guess what you're going to do? Give in to the temptation. If you are a person who don't really know him, then guess what? You're going to have issues when difficult times come. But you know what? When Jesus is something to you, even when you're facing sickness, he remains your healer. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Even when you're facing circumstances in your finances, he still remains Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. Even when all hell is breaking loose around your life, when Jesus is something to you, he remains the Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Even when you fail and you fall, he remains Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord my righteousness, because that is who he is to me. And so I'm not getting beat up by circumstances. I am getting through circumstances because of the Jesus that was revealed to me, not by my friends, not by the other, but by the Spirit of God. Each of us needs to be assured that we have this encounter with Christ. Because he speaks here and after he gives this revelation of what should be going on, of what should be happening and, you know, what their response is, he goes on and he begins to talk about a select group. First time he mentions us in the scripture and he talks about the church. And you got to understand this, that this building... The buildings that you drive by, those are not the church. Those are buildings in which the church meets. Amen. We are the church. What does that mean? It is a wonderful word, ecclesia. It is the ones who are called out. <clears throat> what are we called out of? We're called out of darkness into the marvelous light. Right? Hold on, we're not done there. We're called out of Bondage to sin, to freedom. See, 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 we all know we're called out. Oh, I'm the light, glory to God. But here's my question. Are you free? Hello? Because we, we, we shouldn't just be, you know, the light over here. We, it's impossible for us to be the light if we're not free. Hello? So we're free from the bondage of sin. We're free as, as from the darkness. And we're also free from something else. The influence of this world. Oh, what do you mean, Bishop? Oh, the world is going to be there to tempt you, but it shouldn't be influencing you to make decisions according to its ways. Hello, somebody. Because now I have a divine influence. That's called grace. Glory to God. Y'all ain't saying nothing again. That, 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 that is what grace is. What is grace? It is the divine influence upon the heart that is displayed in the life. So you've been saved by grace. Raise your hand. You've been saved by grace. That means that there is a divine influence that should be manifesting in your life. There is a divine direction that should be manifesting in your life. And that direction should most definitely overwhelm any other drawing that this world may bring in your life. So we're supposed to be free. And so we as the church have a great, great significance as the children of God. And what is that? We are called his representatives in this earth. You know that, right? You realize this, that you and I are God's representatives in the earth. God has called us to be, he's called us his body. Therefore, Jesus Christ is the head. We follow him. And what do we do, church? We represent him in the earth. So as, as a man, I represent God as what a man of God should be like. 
as a father, I represent, you know, God the father in that sense. As a husband, I represent God as a husband. As a wife, you do all not the same thing, but as a woman, glory to God. We're representing him, right? So in the earth, our responsibility as being his representation in the earth, we have this responsibility to, number one, make sure he gets accurate representation through us. Accuracy is important. We got to make sure that we are representing him accurately. We got to make sure that we are giving him adequate glorification. And we've got to make sure that we are walking in a self-abandoned sanctification. I know it's rough, and I ain't even got to the first point yet, glory to God. But hear what I'm saying. We have got to make sure that we are accurately representing him. And how is that possible? Well, we need to be saturated in this word. We just sang the song, wrap me in your arms. Take me to that secret place. When we go into that secret place, it is a place where it is just you and God, where you can totally get naked in front of him and open before him, and he can strip you of those things that do not look like him, and he can deposit within you those things that need to be manifesting in your life so you can accurately represent him. In every area, church, in your marriage, with your children, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Listen, when you're driving down I-4, hello, somebody. 417, you need to be accurately representing the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember one time I was, I was um, a little bit younger, glory to God. I'm still young, but I was a little younger, glory to his name. I remember I was driving down the road, and I was on my way to a job interview. Well, for those of you that know me, as the years have gone by, I've become a much better driver. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've become much more attentive. And in this particular day, I was not very attentive. I was, you know, reading directions. And at that time, I didn't have a cell phone, so I wasn't like I was messing with my cell phone or nothing like that. <coughs> but I'm driving down the road. And as I'm driving down the road here, I'm coming up to this, you know, this turn, and, you know, I, I was in the wrong lane. And so I just, I merged over. I didn't even look back to see if anybody was there. I just merged over. To my surprise, I, I, I ran someone off the road. It was accidental. It was not, I didn't, I didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like, you know, not, I wasn't trying to be mean, you know, not being not Christian, nothing like that, no. <clears throat> Innocent mistake, right? I'm sharing this with you for a reason. So anyway, the person behind me, I looked in my rearview mirror because I heard the, ah, and then I see his hands go up. Y'all thought I was going to do it. I didn't, see? Uh-huh, yeah. So I see his hands go up like this, right, in the rearview mirror. I mean, he is just like going up. Like he wants to dive through the thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to apologize to this guy. This was in my mind. So he passed me, got in front of me, and he's right. And, and so I just went out of my way. I said, I got to, I got to catch this dude because then I noticed there was this little fish on the back of his little car. Mm-hmm. I said, hold on a second, man. When I saw the fish, I was really on a mission. I was like, I got to catch him. So I finally, you know, I think he thought I wanted to fight him or something. It wasn't nothing like that. I just kept following him, got, you know, got next to him. Put, I said, hey, man, I said, can I tell you something? And he said, yeah. I said, listen, I said, I just really want to apologize to you for cutting you off back there, man. That was my bad, my mistake. And I said, but I do want to let you know that middle finger doesn't go very well with that fish in the back of your car. Have a good day. And I, and I kept driving. Now, here's the thing. The thing is, that was an inaccurate representation of what a child of God is. <laughs> Listen to me. You are a child of God. You've got to give him accurate representation. 
You've got to make sure that in every situation, in every circumstance, that you are walking by the Spirit. And you know what? Every day, as you walk with him more and more, as you are more in tune with his word, your flesh dies more, your, your spirit man gets stronger, and guess what? You are able to more easily say no to sin, and you are able to more easily say yes to whatever God's will is. So you got to make sure you got accurate representation. you got to make sure you have adequate glorification. How do you adequately glorify God? Very simple. This one's real easy. For everything, give him thanks. For everything, give him praise. When something goes good at work, don't be a coward. Say, praise the Lord. When you get promoted, say, tell the boss, praise the living God. Thank you. Hallelujah. You get an increase on your check, give him glory. You do something good in church, listen, make sure you give him glory. You do something good. It doesn't matter. Adequate glorification because everything that you have, everything that you do, everything that you are able to accomplish, it ain't because you're so great. It is because he is so great in you. And so you're going to adequately glorify him. And then this self-abandoned sanctification, look, you have got to be a person who has just said, you know what? This is what sanctification is. Sanctification means to be separated from sin. That's what it means. It means to be separated from this world's ways. It doesn't mean that you stick yourself in a closet and never come out because you're so holy. That would be ridiculous. It would be very difficult for you to, you know, God don't need salvation. Hello. So who are you going to witness to if you're just stuck in a closet with God all the time? No one. Because he's saved, you're saved, and then what's up? But there's a world out there that needs Jesus, amen? So, but, but what I said is you got to have a self-abandoned sanctification. In other words, nothing matters more than doing what? Pleasing him. That's it. So we got to make sure that we're walking according to this thing. And here is why this series becomes so important. It is because, and prepare yourself because this may be a little uncomfortable, but much of the so-called church has become desensitized to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the name of being culturally acceptable. This is why we're talking about by the book, church, because we got to make some choices. Are we going to live by this book or are we going to do things our way? Are we going to try to be, you know, a, a person who just wants to fit in with society, doesn't want to be offensive because, you know, that's what the enemy wants. So what has happened is every time that we ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit because we don't want to offend somebody, you know what we do? We become less and less sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then what happens? When you become less and less sensitive to the Holy Spirit, then you got to depend on your own feelings and your own senses and, you know, the knowledge of men in order to make decisions. Hello, somebody. This is what has happened to the church. We are more concerned with being culturally accepted because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. Listen to me. If people don't get offended, they will never get saved. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If people never hear the truth about themselves, they will never be forced to make a decision to continue walking that way on the highway to hell or to turn this way and let's go to the highway to heaven where God Almighty wants you to come. Hello, somebody. Listen, if they don't hear the truth, they're never going to have to make no decision. You know, we, every, every, everything is just cool. Everything is not cool. Hello. And you know what? You do an injustice to all of those folks you say you love when you act like everything is cool. Because when they come before God, God is going to make it real clear, real quick. It ain't all cool. And guess what that blood is going to be? Look at your hands. Look at them. Look at your hands. That's where it's going to be. On your hands. 
because God put you in their life to make it to make a difference in their life. Now I want to say something because I heard this 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 this, this quote that someone said, and I think that it's very important that we need to understand that the scriptures are not anti-cultural; they're countercultural. So they, 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 the, the scriptures are not trying to just totally go against everything in the culture. What the scriptures are trying to do is bring some change into the culture. Another quote that I heard from someone else. Preacher said, when you look at the word culture, the root word is the word cult. And what is a cult? A cult is a, is, is a form, it's, it's a type of religion of worship, right? So here's what happens. Most cultures, they're based on what? They're based on certain ways that we're going to live, certain things we agree upon, and usually we agree upon the deity that we're going to worship. So what happens, church? We, as the body of Christ, as children of God, as his representatives, we have the word of God, which shows us that no matter what culture you are, whether you are Greek, hello? Whether you are Jew, so in other words, it doesn't matter what culture you are, there is one God that needs to be worshipped, and that is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that God also has this wonderful thing called the Bible, the Word of God, that shows us exactly what he expects of every single culture. Hear me, church. Listen, I was listening to um, one of these guys on television, and he was talking about God being attacked. He, he's one of those Fox or CNN guys. I can't remember his name. I think it's Glenn Beck or something like that. And I just happened to be on YouTube, and I, and I saw, you know, a, attack, you know a, attack on religion or attack on God. And I said, man, let me hear what he has to say about this. Never once did he say what he was. I don't know if he's Christian. I don't know if he's Catholic. I don't know what he is. But he began to talk about how, you know, the, the, the way that society is going. And this is recent. This was like in the month of March that he did this. So he was talking about, you know, he's one of these political ana analysis type guys. And so he was talking about how our society is being so perverted and so twisted. And, and what is happening is we're, we're losing focus. Now hear me. That our God is the one who sustains us. That our God is the one who gives us power. That our God is the one who is the provider. He is. We're getting away from that mindset and forgetting about his principles. This is what this guy is saying. This is not me. He ain't got a Bible in front of him or nothing like that. He is simply saying that when you go back to our founding fathers, and this is what I love because we're a culture. Amen, somebody? And so what was our culture, our cult, if you want to call it, and I'm just using that just freely, okay? Don't take it the wrong way, okay? What, 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 what was our culture built upon? It was built upon principles that are there that show us of a creator who his providence allows us to have everything that we have. And he says that we're getting away from this mindset. And you know what? I thought about something. I said, if we just went ahead, and let's just say we just decided that we were going to just go on ahead and run this nation just by what is in this book. Not go outside. Of that. As a matter of fact, we ain't even going to jump into the New Testament. Glory to God. How do you like that? Hold on, hold on a second, because I'm going to tell you what. If we took the Old Testament, y'all got, got to hear this. If we took the Old Testament and we lived by the Old Testament, this nation would be wealthier. This nation would be healthier. This nation would be safer. This nation would be more blessed. You want to know why? Because you know that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth stuff, you do something wrong. Ain't no prison, you're going to die. Hello. I guarantee you crime rate drops. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Why is it? It's because our God is infinite in his wisdom. And he showed the nation of Israel how to be an exemplary nation. 
If we take just simply, you want to know what to eat? You want to know what's right to eat? Don't listen to Dr. Atkins. Hello? Don't go to the zone diet over there. Glory to God. You, you, you ain't even got to go to biggestloser.com. Praise the Lord. Listen, all you got to do is go to the Old Testament, and you will find out how to be the most healthy you can be. I, I, I know we don't want to hear this. Oh, well, all of that is, listen to me. All of those principles are still correct. Now, I'm not saying the eye for an eye and stuff like that, we need to do that. No, we don't, because the cross nullifies all that. Hello, somebody. And so, obviously, we can't do it that way, but my point is that if we simply abided by these scriptures, we would see a nation that would walk in the full blessing that God can afford it. And so that's the reason why we're talking about the need for us living by the book. And so what I want to say is this, living, because we look at what Jesus said. Let's look at what Jesus said really quickly in chapter 16 here. And look at verse 19. Look what he says after he gives him the revelation there about his church. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And what we want to do, church, and obviously I thank the Lord for Sister Michelle and bringing that wonderful, powerful word from Elder Bennett that we need to pray. Begin to pray, thy kingdom come. Amen, somebody? I, I didn't say anything last week, but I want to say that I received that word because that was a powerful word from the Lord, bore much witness in my spirit because it is the word of God first and foremost. And I know that he wouldn't just say something just because he want to say something. He didn't want to be cute. That is not him. Hallelujah. But what we've got to realize is that it begins in this place of praying this thing, but we've got to release the kingdom of God in our lives. And this is what Jesus gives to Peter. He says, Peter, you have got something. you got this revelation, and now I'm going to give you the keys to loosing the kingdom, to binding the, I'm going to give you the keys to this. And listen, I want to let you know something. You all have heard me talk about this before. I, this is not just about prayer. I'm not, I'm not talking about getting up and praying and just talking about I bind this and I loose this because it is much more than that. If you and I want to see the kingdom of God released in our lives, we have to do something. The word bind, it means to tie. And so what we have got to do is we have got to tie our mind to the will of God. We have got to tie our mind to the, thought, the thoughts of God. We've got to tie our mind and our heart, our lives and everything to the will of God because when we bind ourselves to the will of God, then the kingdom of God is loosed in our lives. And the same thing is this. We need to, the word loose means to untie. I'm just making it real simple here, right? So what we need to do is we need to loose ourselves from those things that do not align with the will of God. Those things that do not align with the word of God. And when we do that, then you know what we do? We bind the works of darkness from manifesting in our lives. Are you hearing me, church? Now listen, we've got to be those people who understand that God's kingdom has all power and all authority. Amen? And God said to Peter, and he extended it to the church. You read throughout the book of John. He talks about it. You're going to get keys. And you know what a key is? A key is something that opens a door. Glory to God. And when I bind myself to the will of God and, 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 and I bind my mind to the will of God, what happens is this word, this word right here, say this word, is the key. This is the key. This is the master key. Glory to God. That's what this word is. And you know what you do when you got a master key and you need to make a copy? What do you do? Take it to Lowe's, take it to Home Depot. You tell the guy behind the counter, say, listen, I need you to make a copy of this key. And I've come to learn, man, that sometimes, I don't know how these guys do it, but they'll mess it up, glory to God. 
You bring it in there, you give them the key, they make you the key, you walk away with five keys thinking you got all kind of access. Glory to God, thank the Lord you had the original key because you come to the door and not one of those keys work. Hello. But you know what? Can, can I tell you something? That's how a whole bunch of Christians are. Mm-hmm. Look, almost like it. Almost like, I, I mean, it, it's just a little bit off. One little, I mean, you got to see the key. To, I mean, it, just a little, just something was off by not, not even a, a millimeter. Just, I mean, just a little space was off. And you know what? Threw the whole key off. Listen to me, church. That's how a lot of us are. But you know what? It's wonderful to know that while you got to take those keys and throw them in the garbage, God could hook you up and fix you up. Glory to God. And he can get you to become that key, that, that vessel through which the kingdom of God manifests. And this is it right here. Living by the book, by the word of God, is the key to the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And so what happens is, as I align myself with the word of God, I bind my mind and heart. I bind myself to the word of God. I, 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 and when I say bind, I mean you commit yourself to that. What begins to happen is, slowly but surely, God begins chipping away piece by piece, adding this, removing this, for what? So that way your life can become the vessel through which his power and manifestation comes. So the first thing I want you to repeat after me is say this. We must acknowledge the need for the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Now notice I said earlier that we are the church. We are the church. And looking at verse 18 in chapter 16 here, he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, and he was not talking about upon Peter. We know that Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. So he's speaking about this revelation. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. So we find here some things. We find, first of all, that he says that upon this rock, I will build my church. So the first thing we see is that when Jesus introduces this word, ecclesia, or church, into his whole teaching to his disciples, he shows, he, sh he gives us a, a prime picture of what the church should look like. First of all, the church should be rooted and founded. That's the first thing. He says, I will build my church upon this rock. So that means that the church should first and foremost be unshakable, should be able to stand firm in the midst of trial and testing. But then he goes on to say, he said, and the gates of hell or Hades, place of the departed dead, place where evil is, right, will not prevail against my church. This is what he says. So he shows us a church that is rooted, that is founded, and he shows us a church that is growing in triumph and victory. That's what he shows us, right? So remember what I just said. I just had you repeat this, that we must acknowledge the need for the manifestation of the kingdom of God. This is what God says his church should look like. Now, if we are just honest, because we have to be honest when we're looking at God's word. If we're honest and we look around the church world today, we find a whole lot of instability and a whole lot of issues with people's character and convictions. Hello. There was a time, much before my Christianity, but there was a time that people knew what was right and knew what was wrong. Probably when I first got saved, it was still like that. But nowadays, everything is cool. Saw, 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 saw a show the other day. They were, they were talking about this new movement, glory to God. Mm -mm. Where now what they do is they go into the bar or to the pub. They sit down with their Bibles open and their Heineken on the other side. And they start discussing the word of God. And they call that evangelism. You think I'm joking? I wouldn't lie to you. I'm standing on the altar. You know when I lie, I come down there. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Listen to me. This is their new form of evangelism. 
Hold on a second, church. Is that right or is that wrong? How many of y'all think it's wrong? Raise your hand if you think that, 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 that there's something wrong with that picture. How, how many of y'all think it's okay to do that? I know I wouldn't get no hands up. Glory to God. I'd be like, yeah, Bishop, right here now. <laughs> listen, look, look, listen. What I'm saying is there's things that have occurred. You know what the Bible says in the book of Psalms? It says if the foundations are removed, what can the righteous do? When the foundations are removed, when the rock of our salvation is removed. Listen, you got people today, they're, they're, they're making confessions to, to Christ, but they're not, they're not repenting of sin. They're not turning away from their lifestyle. They're not, they're not making that. It, it, it isn't like when I was, before I got saved, you want to know why I didn't want to become a Christian? Let me tell you why I didn't want to become I told my grandmother, my grandmother would be trying to leave me to the Lord. I'd be like, look, I don't want to be a Christian. So you know why? Because I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Today, we just invite all the hypocrites up in the house of the Lord. I know y'all didn't want to hear that, glory to God. But listen to me. We just invite them all in. And we, and we invite them all in. You just come to Jesus as you are. Yeah, you come to Jesus as you are wanting to change. Hello. See, that, 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 that's what we don't hear. You come to Jesus as you are, and he will break you. You, you want to be free from addiction? He will break you free from addiction at the moment that you truly submit your heart. You come to him as you are, and he will set you free. You want, you want to walk with Jesus? He will deliver you from that lust. He will deliver you from that anger. He will deliver you from that greed. But don't just come to Jesus bringing all your greed, all your anger, all your lust, all your bad habits with you. No. There's got to be a change, church, that takes place. Pastor Robert asked it. How do you know when you're redeemed? Because something changes. And so what, what we have here is that we have a church that has issues in its character, has issues with, 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 with convictions. Because before I used to have this conviction, and I knew this was wrong, but now the enemy tries to, it has infiltrated. So what happens? Well, our convictions kind of just waver. That's why we got to spend time with the king, church. Because when you spend time with the king, there is no wavering. You know what he wants, you know what his will is, and you walk in it according to that way. When, we, when we're honest and we look around, we don't just find this inability to have a firm foundation, but we also find much defeat in many areas of the lives of leaders as well as laymen. So does that look like the church that Jesus said he was building? Is that what it looks like? A church that the gates of hell? That the powers of darkness are not prevailing against? No, church. It looks like we're missing something. It looks like we are missing what Jesus said he was going to build. But you know what the problem is? The problem is we can't hear stuff like this because we don't want to be honest with ourselves. We, church, we have such a great opportunity to impact this world for Christ and do it the right way. Amen? We have the opportunity to be this church and the people that God is building up on that firm foundation and that is not walking in defeat of any kind. Hello. This is, this is what we have the opportunity to do. The question is, are you willing to pay that price? Because you know what the price is, right? The price is in this book, church. The price is in this book. Are you willing to run after God like we, we prayed earlier today? And we had this situation where people came to the front and, and, and they said, Lord, we don't want to not go after you. We don't want to not experience you. We, we, we don't want to be held, held back anymore. It is important, church, that you and I have that same mentality, not just this Sunday morning, 
But that tomorrow, that, that tomorrow morning, when we go home and we, and we wake up, we're not going home tomorrow morning. I'm going to let y'all go in a couple of minutes here, glory to God. But that tomorrow morning when we wake up, that we make sure that we are able to hold on to this word. Don't, don't just get in to this place, that secret place with God. And let God begin to bring change and transformation to your life. Amen? I'm going to finish this message next week. Let's all stand to our feet and bow your heads, please. Hallelujah.